0: Hello everybody and welcome to Art Drama Llama, where we look beyond the galleries and dish on the art world's gossip, rivalries, and eccentricities. My name is Sianja. My name is
1: Manchi. And I'm Vartika.
0: And today we're going to look beyond
2: Anamorphosis in art. Art. Right, let me quickly yes. explain what anamorphosis is, because it's a because it's a long fancy word, you know? So Anamorphosis, Manchi? <laughs> okay google translate tried to lead me astray initially by saying that it was pronounced anamorphosis but we we we, we got back on the right course i now know it's anamorphosis it yes <laughs> thank god i have you guys to
0: do diligence is could it be related to that book series the the anamorphs yes
2: <laughs> um no unfortunately not it is nowhere as cool as the topic. Uh, Okay, so anamorphosis is a art technique and what it does specifically is it'll distort the image of a subject in a picture. So then when you see it from the normal perspective, right? Like when we look at a painting head on, it'll look super strange. And then, but when you move to the correct angle um, or if it's reflected in a curved mirror, and then the distortion disappears, and then the image appears normal.
0: Wait, what do you mean in a curved mirror? Like, you hold a curved mirror?
2: Yeah, okay, that's a great question. So the curved mirror is essentially when you take a cylinder that is completely made out of a mirror, and then you put it on top of the drawing, and then what you see in the mirror is the correct perspective of the drawing.
0: Okay, so it's like a fun house.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like a fun house okay yeah so uh let me try to put it in a i think yeah let me put it in the in terms of like a very relatable um phenomenon that people have definitely seen so the sidewalk chalk art that people have seen on instagram where it looks like you can walk down a set of stairs or there's like a pool in the middle of the concrete um i think the most famous one or the first one i saw was like the pool with the lady with her foot sticking out of it um and it looks like, so real, like she's actually there and her foot is like sticking out of the concrete. But you, like, that's only seen if you're standing in the right perspective. If you move anywhere from the spot, then the picture looks super distorted and it doesn't look like what it's meant to. So, that's a, a very real example of anamorphosis. Um, and I really got interested in this topic because I saw a video by Veritasium and it was called. Um, the illusion only some people can see and it was about this impossible shape so essentially what he made was like this giant like um, this giant s- rectangle with smaller uh, square like smaller squares within it That's oh, a okay. he essentially made like a rectangular window um, and put it landscape um, and like long ways mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Um, and, hence, and it has like a bit of like a um, perspective to it. So it's like cut so that it's wider on one side and shorter on the other. And then when he sticks his body through one of the window holes and he spins in it, it looks like the window is actually going the opposite direction of the way he's actually spinning. And also it's like, well, it actually looks like the window is teetering and tottering uh, back and forth instead of doing a 360 spin. So it looks like the wide side is just moving back and forth from like the left to the right, right to the left. But in actuality, he's spinning 360 degrees. So that was, that was the painting. That was the video and what it was about. Um, and it's like impossible shapes, which is a type of anamorphosis. And um, it's super interesting. It was super interesting in my opinion. Um, and he mentioned how this actually, like some of the earliest anamorphosis came from art. Um, and one of, there's like a very famous painting that we will discuss very shortly that features this technique. Um, and so that's where this idea came, comes from. Um, and, and it was really cool in my opinion. And so we're talking about it now. <laughs>
0: okay, uh, real quick. Well, hopefully this isn't the painting, but it- the, does that one painting with like all the stairs that lead to nowhere related to this or no you uh, know
2: what I'm talking don't want to talk about
0: no okay, okay okay uh
2: no I don't think it is related to it
0: okay cool yeah yeah
2: Continuing.
0: there's
2: also yeah there's there's like a very clear distinction that some historians have made about anamorphosis uh which is like the perspective of the painting is not technically changed like nothing about the perspective is changed it's just drawn in a way that only if you're standing from one point does it look correct okay yeah so that's that's like like our historians are like this is the difference like this is specifically anamorphosis um okay. yeah and then also just wanted to highlight like there's two types there's like the ones where you stand in a specific place and it looks correct and then there's the ones with the curved mirror aka like the cylindrical mirror mm-hmm. so that when you place it on top of a picture the reflection of that image onto the cylinder is the correct image yeah so that seems are- kind
0: of that seems kind of risky to me because you like expect the person to just be carrying or have access to this cylinder mirror yeah that's very true yeah i like yeah i don't know if i went somewhere and like oh this would look really dope if you had that cylinder mirror i be like <laughs> why'd you why did you make this Assuming I mean, that I would have that. Or why did you not of, provide me with a mirror? we
2: will kind of go into details. Uh, but, you know, like, there's a purpose why people might use curved yeah, mirror.
1: I, I understand the, fir- the first way of looking at anim- or the first example of anamorphosis, where it's like you look at it from a different perspective. But the mirror one, it's hard. I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm tired, but it's hard for me to wrap <laughs> my head around it haha you, ex-
2: you know curved.
1: Oh. <laughs>
0: nice one <laughs> Martika's just full of puns
1: <laughs> they just come out when i'm tired um <laughs> uh are there any examples of
2: yes like, there are there are examples and actually when if you just look up anamorphosis uh, like um and anim- an- if you just look up anamorphosis in art then there'll be examples of what you can do at home and so a lot of the examples are you yeah they'll like walk you through how you draw a picture so that when you put the cylinder it will get you what like what, the correct image
0: i wonder like the artists who started this i wonder if they like woke up and were like yes let me try this <laughs> or maybe they were like you know on a little bit of a uh, exotic medicine and they were like while well, i yeah. was on my trip i had a great idea guys
1: yeah, I just looked it up. I'm on Google Images. It looks yeah. very interesting. How do yeah. they draw this? That's so cool. It's a great question. We can we can get there very shortly. But okay.
2: but I think for the most part, a lot of the anamorphosis has been more of the you stand from a specific perspective and mm. things look correct. Yeah. So yeah. the first technical examples of anamorphosis in art can actually be traced to the Lasso caves in France. Um, and this is actually something we learn in art history and anybody who is studying art history, AP art history should know this. This is like essentially the earliest uh, paintings that we know of. And essentially there are these caves in France um, that have these wall paintings of bison, humans, hunting bison, etc. cetera. Um, On the walls and you know people go and see them, Uh, but this is technically the first example of anamorphosis. um, Because the walls are curved and they're also very like the paintings are very high up on the walls, and so if you don't draw the paintings with a specific distortion to them, then when you're standing on the ground, it will look disordered if you're looking upwards at a curved wall right, so if you go ahead.
0: No, No, you finish.
2: Yeah, so if you were to actually stand eye level with where those paintings are, then you'll see that, you know, like, it's painted in a distorted way. It's not painted like a, how you would regularly paint a bison or a human. Mm.
1: They're also really big, right? Uh, yeah, they're very is. big.
0: Mm. And it's then, funny, oh my gosh, I keep interrupting y'all. Bartika, go ahead.
1: Oh, no, I was just gonna ask, didn't they close off the caves to visitors or something? Or was that a different set of caves? I think they
0: did. Yeah, it wasn't like moss starting to grow because too many people were like... Yeah,
1: something a- about the uh, oxygen or yeah, carbon like, dioxide. I don't
2: like, know. Yeah. Yeah, they were closed since 1963 because um, of deteriorating conditions. Mm-hmm. But now there's a lot of replicas of them. So you could technically still go see them, but it's not going to be the actual images. It'll just be a replica. Mm-hmm.
0: It's funny that you mentioned those caves because in my history of animation class, we actually talk about them. And there's an argument saying that they, these caves, were actually like the first form of animation, oh, or yeah. of an animation technique. Right. And when I was learning about this, uh, the way the teacher explained it was because of how back then these wall, these like cave paintings, are meant to tell a story, right? Are meant to pass down like a story or some oral tradition, right? Or to aid with oral tradition. So they said that when you would light fire because of like the curvature of like the caves and all that, it would kind of make, and then the way like the the, from the heat of the fire, the like vibrancy, it would make the images move. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, so now that you mentioned that these uh, are also like considered anamorphosis, I'm like, oh, well then it ties back into like that animation argument.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah yeah also i think it's just really cool to think that early humans had thought about all of these techniques mm-hmm. to better depict a story right like those yeah. these this is just i guess ingrained in us to some degree you know <laughs> yeah
0: and then we're continuing that tradition with uh podcasting minus yeah. The images
2: yeah <laughs> okay. okay so another example happened in ancient rome and so Uh, Ancient historians Pliny and Circes had both recorded a sculpture competition between Achaemenus and Phidias, um, and they were supposed to create a sculpture of Minerva, uh, who is is the equivalent of Athena in Greek mythology, minus the war aspect. So she really just, I think, weaves.
1: (laughs) Yeah, goddess of, like, yeah. Yeah. We saw, the Romans saw her more as like a goddess of wisdom, I think, than they did yeah. of
2: war. Yes, so Alchimenaes and Phidias are supposed to create a sculpture of Minerva. And Alchimenaes' sculpture was absolutely beautiful, while Phidias's had intensely grotesque proportions. Um, but once they were mounted on their respective pillars, uh, the perspective that Phidias had drawn Minerva or had sculpted Minerva. It had grotesque proportions, but once you mounted it up high, it actually looked really good, right? Like it actually looked like the correct proportions if you were looking upwards at it. Whereas Alchemaitis looked ugly because he painted it or he sculpted it so it looks correct when you're looking at it head on on the ground. But once you mount it to a pillar, it just like the perspective changes right and then so the sculpture also looks different
1: that kind of oh sorry go ahead finish
2: so that was another example of anamorphosis in the ancient
1: times that reminds me of um (laughs) it was a tiktok that i saw but it was kind of meant for short people like us (laughs) (laughs) or i guess me because i'm the shortest of us but um it was like oh this is what you would look like to someone Who is this height, this height, Mm -hmm. and this height. So Mm -hmm. like the way the girl looked at herself or like she filmed herself from those angles, I don't know. I feel like that kind of reminds me of that because it's like what we see, what I would see someone tall as main is definitely not the same as like what someone else would see. I feel like that's a dumb example that I just gave.
2: No, no, no. I mean it makes sense, right? It's all about where your placement changes Mm -hmm. how things look right it's like where you're standing changes your perspective which you can take that in a metaphorical Mm -hmm. sense as well you know where you are in life changes your perspective on
1: things oh wow man she's coming up with the quotes today yeah yeah yeah. so
0: philosophical
1: (laughs) i was also gonna say this could also be like how people are like oh this is my i don't know if it is anamorphosis per se but if someone's like oh this is my good side but like mm. you know cameras this also goes into a different topic like cameras reverse things yeah so it might not actually like you might say it's your left side but we might think it's your right i don't know i don't i don't think that i'm making sense right now i was
2: thinking um i was thinking about like how when you take pictures a lot of people are like oh you gotta take it down low and angle your camera up so it looks mm-hmm. like you have super long legs Right. Oh yeah. Yeah, that would be like a very good technique for yes. listening tall. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but that would be like an example of anamorphosis, right? You based on where you're standing, things look different. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. You guys are asking about why would anybody have a cylindrical mirror? And I asked you, why would anybody have invisible ink? You know, but like
1: how do those relate?
2: Okay, listen, listen a lot of an- anamorphosis was used for practical effects right just making sure that when something is put up high it still looks correct from where you're standing on the ground
1: mm-hmm.
2: but it was also used to hide some explicit
1: ooh images oh my it gosh like the wink wink nudge of, mm.
0: yes yes <laughs> exactly Back to porn yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> she just said it <laughs> We, are, we have an explicit rating guys because I curse all the time. Just say the word.
2: <laughs> yeah, some of it was used to hide erotic images. For, so for example, in ancient China, um, animal forces was used to hide erotic demon paintings. And the example that I saw was a painting from the 16th century. and if you put it, it's drawn it's drawn kind of on a curved, It's drawn on a piece of paper, but curved, and it looks like there's two bodies. Um, And then if you were to put a cylinder in the middle, um, you would see the actual image reflected. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, there was no image of what it is like on the cylinder, but I will say looking at just the flat image, it definitely like you would look at it and be like, it just doesn't look like Anything to me. Like, I could kind of make out there was like a naked person, but I mean, that's like there was a butt. I could see there was a butt, and that was about it. You know, there's no other action. But I'm sure that would not be the case if you were to put the mirror there. And you see all the action. <laughs> then you see all the action. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Right. Yeah, so that's
2: one example of um, people using cylindrical mirrors. Tihana does
0: these. not look impressed with that example. <laughs> well, all I think about is just how, like, like when photography was starting to be a thing, uh, mm-hmm. photography and, like, pornography went hand-in-hand. Hand.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I remember reading about that
0: somewhere. Yeah, so I'm just, I'm just sitting here like, wow, uh, humans are very obsessed with sexual themes.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. That's a, a running thread but on the flip side they have to do it to
0: reproduce <laughs> yeah also more like okay and you know, all honestly this is a very cool technique and I was I was thinking I was like oh maybe this is made to like push you know the like the level of art to push the artistic <laughs> skill to like for some artists to show off and be like, ah, yeah, look at what I can do. Can you do this? And a man, she's like, yes, it was used to hide explicit images. I'm like, wow, <laughs> it all goes back to porn. Okay, here I was thinking this? something. Yeah. We're just, they, uh, what, what is it? We're they build all you up like- to disappoint you.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's okay. We can look at this new technique. Oh, how can we hide? <laughs> in there
2: <sighs> yeah well i mean if it makes you feel better people also use it later in english history whenever there was like a king that people were like not allowed to support anymore some people would draw like the anamorphosis version of their portraits so that when you put a cylinder on top you would see the actual portrait correctly uh, mm-hmm. but they then they could keep the portrait without being persecuted mm-hmm. by the current
1: monarch. That kind of reminds me of the um, Flemish still art, like yeah, you're hiding stuff yeah. in the mm-hmm.
0: yeah. It all yeah. goes back to the meddlers.
1: It absolutely <laughs>
2: does. <laughs> yeah, and actually, this kind of actually um, leads to the main section of anamorphosis. Um, like this style was really studied a lot more in detail during the Renaissance. Um, and I think it's probably because there was a revitalization of perspective in Renaissance art, right? Like, when we learned about Renaissance, it was all about, like, everyone's like, oh, my God, you can make a
1: vanishing point and then do perspectives so things look accurate. Yeah, because before that, in medieval art, they had, like, the—everything was out of
0: proportion. Yeah, like, there's the no people perspective. People would be the same
1: size as, yeah. like, the castle in the back.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the Renaissance dogs.
2: <laughs> yeah so you know that's when they really started looking more into it and so there are some of the earliest examples in the renaissance uh, where people were actively studying anamorphosis was actually um, leonardo's eye by leonardo da vinci and it was included in his codex code, it was included in his codex atlanticus um, and it's the earliest known example of and are specifically studying and referencing anamorphosis. I mean, in the past, like people did use like the curved mirror technique, but this is kind of the first one where there was an analysis behind, you know, how do you make it happen? Um, and also after Leonardo da Vinci published that, a lot of art education started including anamorphosis in their curriculum as like a, this is a technique you need to know. Uh, But on top of that, Leonardo also did several large-scale anamorphic commissions for the King Mm. of France. Yeah, And by far the most famous painting for anamorphosis is called The Ambassadors by Hans Holbein, the Younger. Um, This was created around 1533, and this is the most famous anamorphosis painting. This is the one that the video I saw referenced. This is the one everybody talks about when they're talking about anamorphosis in art. Um, And essentially, it's this portrait of these two gentlemen standing uh, on the right and left with a table between them. And then on the bottom of the painting, you'll see this diagonal gray slash that cuts through it. And you're like, what's that? Um, But once you actually see it from like a very acute angle, like if you were to be standing, like facing, like not facing the painting, but like, Standing on the right side, facing like like turn your body ninety degrees to the right, right. So it's like you're like perpendicular to the painting, perpendicular to like the right edge of the painting. Um, then you would actually see that that gray slash is a human skull. Yeah. Yeah, crazy stuff.
1: What
0: um, does it mean? Anything?
1: I'm yes. Gonna... Yeah, let me look up the painting because I when it, when I looked at it just face on, I didn't notice.
2: Yeah, the gray slash is not, it's on the bottom of the painting and it's not hugely noticeable. Um, but for our listeners at home, if you look at the podcast picture for this episode, you will be able to see. Yeah, so I see Tika there craning her head, trying to look at it. Um, yeah. But really this painting is supposed to, the idea is that if it's hung um, by the stairs mm-hmm. and then when you're walking up the stairs, you'll be suddenly confronted with this
0: human skull. Wait, okay. So let's say you made a print of that.
1: Would it still Would work? It work?
0: Yeah, or does I it have so. to be the painting? Okay.
2: I think if you have a print of it, it will still work because it's just about the placement, right? The way okay. they drew it, the perspective shouldn't change even if you were to print it out.
0: Sorry, my cat's moving around so much.
2: No, you're good. Um, but yeah, so if you print it, it shouldn't look any different than the real painting. Um, and so you guys were asking like, why skull out of all things, right, that you could paint um, with anamorphosis? And this is actually a vanitas painting or- I was about to say,
0: does it go, is it gonna go back to like the Flemish still life?
2: Yeah, anyway. it does. It really mm, does. Yeah.
0: For the win.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Vanitas as a reminder, it's like a meditation on the transience of life. And so mm-hmm. y- you'll include the skull as like a reminder that you could die at any moment. <laughs> which does was... finish.
0: I'm gonna okay. shut up.
2: It's a reminder of you could die at any moment, which I think makes a lot of sense if you hung it on this like by the staircase so that when you're walking up you see the skull. Cause it's like, you're walking up the stairs and all of a sudden you're confronted by your mortality, right? It's kind of like, if you look at it front, like if you look at something on the surface at face value, right? Or like if you treat life as face value, you don't think about death, right? You're just like, oh, I'm just living my everyday life. But then death just pops up out of nowhere. You know, you could just be climbing some stairs and then death approaches.
0: So final destination?
2: Yes. <laughs> <Essentially>. <laughs> yeah. But I think I think for me, the anamorphosis in this art really makes a lot of sense. And I can see a message behind it, right? Like death will come at you at any moment.
0: <laughs> if I saw that in a staircase, I would feel threatened. I'm like, is somebody going to push me down? <laughs> <laughs> Am I gonna like trip and fall? Like I mean, it's, it's kind kind of always cool. waiting
1: for you at the end of the tunnel. Yeah.
0: That it is, is a threat.
1: Of, it is
2: also kind of cool. Like if it wasn't a skull, I mean think about it. You can do this for all the paintings you have hung by your staircase, right? And so mm-hmm. as somebody is walking up the stairs, they're
1: looking at paintings the entire time. Mm-hmm. So another way to trick your guests, yeah. one use like um, are you be inspired from Flemish still art to hide messages in your fruit placements around the house and then two when you show people your house and they like walk up the stairs you could be like hiding a secret like f you in there or <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly maybe yep. not that extreme
2: but like okay all right so another take you can have on the Ambassadors, um, which is a perspective that psychoanalyst Jacques Lacan noted in Of the Gaze as *objet Petit. Um, it's that the use of anamorphism, particular in this painting, is one of the few methods uh, which make viewers aware of their gaze. So because I guess, I mean, now that I think about it, his quote doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. I think L- Las Meninas, did a more effective job, in my opinion, of making you aware of your gaze on the painting because the painting is staring right back at you. Mm-hmm. But I guess this kind of makes sense to some degree because if you can see something from another perspective, right? Like if you see the painting from another perspective, then you're like, whoa, like it has somehow stepped into another aspect of my life, right? Like has somehow transcended into reality and it makes it could- you- more aware of your gaze on the painting.
0: Uh, also like Las Meninas, I guess, it makes you aware of your role as a viewer.
2: Mm, very true.
0: Because with Las Meninas, it's including you mm. versus this one, it's making you participate.
2: Mm. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah, I think that's a great take on that. Yeah, I mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, And um, other examples of anamorphosis in the 1500s, um, so there's a painting of King Edward the attributed to William Scotts, and this was painted when Edward was nine, so a year before he came became king, and it's shown in a doorstoria perspective, aka anamorphosis, um, and it is really meant to display the virtuosity of the painter and amaze the spectators. So it really wasn't meant to like say something about Edward the Sixth or like hide him somehow, um, or like somehow be propaganda. It was really just meant to show off the artist's technique which kind of relates to the point you were making where like it's sad that people are using this for sexual content. But this is an example when the artist was purely just trying to show off their skill, right? So if you were to look at the painting head on, very similar to the ambassador's, his face is just really stretched out and really long. But if you stand, sort of like 90 degrees to the right, um, like you turn yourself 90 degrees and stand to the right edge of the frame, then his face looks the, like it should in the correct way. Yeah, um, And this painting was recorded by numerous foreign visitors to Whitehall from the end of the 16th century. And then in the end, it was sold from the Royal Collection in 1646 for two pounds. <laughs> So, think about it. All the work that the artist put in got them two whole dollars.
1: <laughs> I mean, inflation, right? So That's true. That's true. Uh, also, I tried standing, you said 90 <laughs> degrees to the right. <laughs> I really... Sorry. I mean, like, you turn yourself 90 degrees. Okay, and then so this way stand... and then look at it from the, like, the corner of my eye?
2: No, no, no. You look at it straight on.
0: So, you just move your neck?
2: no wait okay now i feel bad i feel like we should re-explain the end, like everything else <laughs> but okay so essentially you're standing on the side of the painting and you're looking at the painting essentially from the side so you're standing perpendicular like your body is perpendicular to the painting instead of parallel
0: mm.
1: okay yeah can you There's see that- it oh i closed out of it but i, <laughs> <laughs> I think you might
2: need to your computer screen but i don't actually know if it translates
1: yeah because when i open the image on google images um i see the original the original version mm-hmm. where his face is longer yeah but i guess there's also images that i see of what it's supposed to look like yeah when i look at it that way um mm-hmm. his face looks rounder it's the one where he's standing with his hands on his hips right yep yep yeah like looking straight at us, mm-hmm. not the one that's looking off to the side. Yeah. yeah. So I guess people somehow took a picture of it. I don't yeah, know. you can
2: take, I guess it's not really like you stand directly perpendicular. Maybe it's like you're standing at a 45 degree angle from the painting. Okay. So anamorphosis was a technique that was used continuously. Like Dali used it, Duchamp used it as well. Um, and when they used anamorphosis, sometimes uh, kind of back to the erotic scene, but there are like, you know, tones of voyeurism with anamorphosis, right? You're seeing something that you're not supposed to see. And so- Pretty they kinky. Both, yeah, yeah, pretty kinky. You know, that, yeah. Anyway, they both made art that was- talking about like how they will use anamorphosis to kind of convey the idea of warism. So when you're looking at their work from a specific angle, you can see what it actually is and it's something a little bit erotic. And so that is kind of like the peephole idea, right? Like you're looking Ew. for people to <laughs> see what the, the erotic thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, so it, anamorphosis was widely used. Um, definitely still in the 20th century. Um, but I also wanted to talk some examples of modern anamorphosis, because I think as we moved forward in time, there was a more of a relationship with math. And so I think a lot of people have heard of impossible shapes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sandra doesn't like math. Um, but you know people have heard of like impossible shapes. Like if you know M.C. Escher, the Penrose oh, yeah. Triangle. Yeah, it's like the triangle that's like, full, like a like a triangle made out of like these, like three D rectangles, and they're just like folded over, so you can't really tell where the rectangle starts and ends. Um, the Necker cubes, which is like if you were to draw like a three D cube, you like don't really know what actual perspective it is in, right? It looks like it could be either jutting out or jutting into your paper. Um, the Ames room is also really popular, which is like. I'm sure everybody knows this, where it's like the trapezoid rooms that if you stand at, like mm-hmm. way in the back of it, you look either taller or shorter. Um, like the sidewalk art that we talked about, um, like Julian Beaver, Kurt Wenner, Leon Kerr, Edgar Mullen, John Pugh, all of them um, use anamorphosis in their sidewalk art. Um, and it was also more of a bit of a trompe l'oeil. Which is something we didn't really talk about, and I'm sure some people have thought about, which is like, you know, what is the difference between anamorphoses and trunk dies? Which, for people who might not know, are just examples of when people painted things on walls and made them look real. Like some of the most famous examples that we learned in art history were when people painted uh, the ceilings of castles of cathedrals to make them look like they were decorated. Mm-hmm. with with like column heads or like the ceiling was actually a dome. So it's mm-hmm. those are kind of iga- examples of anamorphosis because um it changes your perspective right like with where you're standing it looks like a dome um but it's also more of a like a trick of the eye right like it's making you think that they actually have those architectural uh structures but it's really been painted on.
1: You guys remember the exam or er- the church called il jesu where the Mm -hmm. ceiling when you walk inside it looks like the angels and stuff are coming out at you would that be an example of anamorphosis
2: yeah so i think the idea is that that is technically a trump doing when he tries to make it look like the angels are coming out of the ceilings Mm -hmm. but in order to make that effect happen he needs to use anamorphosis so that the proportions are correct and it looks like they're coming out of the ceiling
1: Okay. okay
2: yeah yeah, so that's for those of, of you religion.
1: who don't know, this church, like <laughs> the ceiling. I every time I think about it, I'm still so amazed. It's I don't know. I think it was one of the places that I went to in Europe where I was just so odd. Yeah, I, like
0: you didn't like walk away like, oh pretty, bye.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I could probably okay, so- sit in there and like look at the ceiling for a long time. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, that, that
2: place was absolutely stunning, yeah. And, you know, European artists, gotta give them credit. And speaking of European artists, um, Felice Varini is a very famous, modern day anamorphosis, anamorphosis artist. Um, one of his more famous pieces is called The Three Ellipses for Three Locks in Cardiff Bay, England. Um, and, but people there actually, I've heard call it the barrage circles. And essentially what he did was that he surrounded the three locks, like the ship locks, right? Like for the canal system, right? Like moving ships up and down a river. He painted the entire area. So it looks like, so when you stand from a specific angle, it looks like there are concentric circles coming out of the lock uh, surrounding it. Yeah, It's, uh, it's really interesting. He's done this on a couple other or he's done this on a couple other urban buildings. And something else that he'll do is um, he'll paint like a staircase. So it looks like when you're standing on the bottom of it, somebody went through Photoshop and put like a screen, like a red screen on top of the staircase and cut out red circles. Um, But actually he like painted that in real life. But if you look at the image, it looks like somebody just like photoshopped the staircase to have like this red screen on top of it with cut out circles. Um, And he does that like in churches and homes. And I definitely recommend, I definitely recommend you guys look into it. His name is uh, Felice Felice Varini, and he's done quite a few anamorphic, anamorphic art pieces around Europe and it's really cool. It's it's good to see the techniques still being used today. Yeah,
1: yeah, and they then, look really cool. I just looked it up. Google Images is my friend today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: we'll try to include all of the images we refer to on the podcast on our website, so people can can see them mm-hmm. once we have that up and running. <laughs> Um, But I also thought what was really interesting is that we talked about how anamorphosis is really a practical technique, right? Initially it was used so that when people were looking at at images or sculptures, they would look anatomically correct. And so I wanna talk about like how, you know, anamorphosis is not just an art, but also is really part of our daily lives with its practical uses. So one of the examples is that when uh, people, like when filmmakers need to project a wider image from a narrow film frame, they'll actually use anamorphosis to make it look like the narrow image will fit a full screen. Um, and along the same lines, like if you've ever seen the IMAX dome movies,
0: um, mm. where you're like sitting
2: there and it's like a, like a whole dome on top of you and they display. Those you. are cool. Yeah, they're super cool. Um, if you guys have not watched one of those, highly recommend it. If you're in the DFW area, the Perot Museum has a dome theater mm-hmm. where you can do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Definitely recommend you check it out. But they use anamorphosis so that you can project the entire like video, because they're not capturing video in a dome format, right? Like they're capturing on a normal camera, but they use anamorphosis to stretch it out correctly so that when you're looking at it on the dome surface, it still looks like perspective-wise correct um, and structure-wise correct. And same thing like uh, with the words written on roads, um, like if you see bus lane written on the roads, like in Texas, we have like the highway names written on the roads. So it helps you like navigate correctly, but all of those are written with anamorphosis so that Mm -hmm. as you approach, you know, it looks more correct, right? It's not so distorted that like the words look super stretched out.
1: Yeah, I like using the ones, those because yeah especially when you're turning left or right or like where it's a left or right only yeah it's really helpful yeah
2: yeah and along the same veins like a lot of writing on shop windows will use anamorphosis as well right like especially if the window pane is really high Um, so if you're standing on the ground like obviously the words further away from you are probably going to be actually larger so Mm -hmm. that when it gets stretched out you know they seem the same size as the ones on the bottom
1: oh yeah yeah i think i know i've seen those signs like up close versus yeah far from yeah far away yeah so essentially what i got from all of this is it's all just mind games that they (laughs) are playing with you yeah yeah they're there to help but also they're mind games
2: (laughs) how toxic speaking of mind games like if you ever um Monument Valley was like the super popular um, like iOS game, I think uh, like many years ago, like when we were in middle school um, and it actually uses some anamorphosis to design it, it uses anamorphosis to design its levels. Uh, so the whole idea is like, it's like one of those games where you, if you rotate the platform, the, like, where you can go changes, right? Like if you rotate how you're looking at the level it'll change like where you can access. Um, so if you're interested in checking out anamorphosis and maybe something a little bit more fun, <laughs> like a game, Monument Valley is a great example of that.
1: Does it still exist? Oh yeah, the
2: game still exists and they actually made a second season or a second version, a sequel. They made a sequel.
0: <laughs> Interesting.
2: Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I thought Animorphosis was super cool. It's It's kind of one of those Things where it's like hidden in life, like I didn't I initially start out with just me being interested in this painting, um, but then it kind of snowballed into like, oh, anamorphosis is everywhere, <laughs> it's written on the roads, you know. It's Do they uh,
1: also have escape rooms that are built with anamorphosis. I feel like either I've seen pictures of one or like I heard about one where you kind of have to. Like a fun house type of thing, right? Mm -hmm. Or like, is that what it's called a fun house? The one with all the mirrors? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's not quite anamorphosis. Anamorphosis? Yeah. Yeah, anamorphosis is more like drawing or writing something so that when you view it from a specific angle, it looks like it's A specific way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but if you were to look at it anywhere else, it would be a discernible, distorted image.
0: Okay. it's funny sense. how it started for paintings like just for decorative mm. yeah. purposes and it's morphed into still entertainment purposes but also more utilitarian
2: yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean it, i guess yeah it is it's just like a very applicable life or it's just a very applicable skill mm-hmm. you know that's uh, and a technique that helps make daily life design better. Yes, <laughs> men. Yeah. Okay, well, I guess you can say this episode was that so anamorphosis.
1: Ha <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sign on us off, Tika. All right. If you have any stories that you would like us to cover, please email us at artdramalama at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and Patreon and all of our handles for those social media accounts are art drama llama. And lastly, thank you for joining us, and we hope we can continue looking beyond the galleries with you all next time. Bye, llamas. Bye.
0: Later.